So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops. episode of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy whose lungs are getting more powerful by the minute and nothing is going to stop him from shouting hello, except for the disdain of my co-host, Matt. You're going to blow out your O-ring. Just going to let you know that, doing that. 
<laughs> boom, and then shit's just gonna fall out, and uh, your the studio is gonna be filled with nothing uh, but your fecal matter, and not in the artistic way, the way you like it, but in just a pile way. It, it could be worse. It could be my fecal matter. <laughs> Well, that's another way that it could be worse. Yes. No, it, it could be significantly worse. I could have ended up joining some kind of like 80s hair metal band tribute thing to oh, do yeah. the vocals that's, with my beard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you you could have peed on someone, I guess. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of ways it could be worse. <laughs> don't you brass against me, pal. <laughs> don't you kink shame that audience member who got the dream of a lifetime. He got to do that in front of a bunch of people, man. He was having the ball. Yeah, can you imagine not only the kink was to be peed on, but also like a kink to be watched? Like he like just like what if he like knocked out like six kinks in just one act? I mean, then you gotta be impressed. Well, basically, I just totally see Ron Howard in an Arrested Development style of narration where he's like, you know, the, like the guy's all on stage and he's riding a major high and um, he's like, he just basically shouts out, it'll never be this good again or something like that. And Ron Howard breaks in and goes, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah. You're Morgan Freeman and it was never that good. He was right. Right. I mean, once, you know someone micturates upon you in front of countless audiences if that's the sort of thing that you're into having happen like if that's like multiple levels of enjoyment for you like you will never get that fix again like that's just not gonna yeah. happen you'll chase that dragon forever that's yeah you're o- always always gonna be that way yeah it's, it's all right though <laughs> you're gonna become the concert goer who gets peed on for like tons of bands yeah right <laughs> and it still won't be good enough because it'll always be a pale comparison to that very first time that the yeah, brass against just, lady dropped trowel on your face and peed and and you'll never you'll never know what life could been uh other than that like it, 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 it mean maybe you don't want that to happen maybe it's too good you know what i mean <laughs> well and then also maybe he's going to create a documentary talking about the wonderful weird kink that he's into but he's also into being shamed about his kink so his documentary ends up being an indirect mondo for not really meaning to because yeah. every Everything is talked about as if it's the most filthy, disgusting, and vile thing on the face of this earth because it turns them on, which is also my kink. So I always kind of <laughs> start talking about sleazy and gross and disgusting things because, you know, that's my kink to shame. So I'm not saying nothing, but I'm starting to get that idea that I should probably kink shame you. I think you need to be kink shamed more than anybody. <laughs> I mean, you do. You don't realize that you do, but you do. And then when you do it, I just enjoy it. So it's fine. Oh. Well, th- that is part of your kink shame is being kink shamed. So yeah, part of my uh, kink is in fact being kink shamed. Yes, this is yeah. This is all. This is all a fact. <laughs> I kind of like feeling like what I'm doing is so fucking filthy and vile. I do. I kind of like it. You're like, God damn me! I'm so horrible. Matt, tell me how bad I am. <laughs> I'm like, God, Jesus. <laughs> Your first inclination is you're a horrible misrepresentation of cultural appropriation in a documentary named Mondo Bellardo. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's too far. That hurts too much. And I say a safe word. Yes. And now, way to go. You brought us right back to the movie. Good job. That's I, what I you keep all a segue. I keep trying and you keep fucking me up on this because you got to be getting cute all the time. Well, I am pretty fucking adorable. So. <laughs> Says you and like sometimes your wife. Yeah. Okay. But, you know. Whatever. My mom says it too, dick. 
Uh, you brought your mom into this, and I'm not touching that one. I'm moving right back around to speaking of mothers, Mondo Bellardo probably shocked and outraged a lot of mothers in the time that it was released. Now, it is a 1964 documentary, but when it was brought to the States in 67, that's whenever we got Boris Karloff's voice dubbed into it. Yeah. And that, oh, was, do- okay. that was done by AIP. Um, yeah. I believe. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of racist words from Mr. Uh, Karloff there. Yeah. Um, we talked about it, and we kind of brought it up last week when we talked about about the wild, wild world of or wonderful world of Jane Mansfield or whatever the fuck it was called. Uh, I, yeah. f- I forget how many wilds and how many wonderfuls and how wonderfully wild that world must have been uh, as far as titles go. But we were both surprised at how surprisingly like sensitive it was to the other cultures and also to people of other walks of life uh, besides cis straight folk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, just cis straight white dudes really had everything they wanted going for them at this point. Um <laughs> Right. And you and I and, uh, you, and no one else really did. You and I kind of talked about it and we did bring it up how, you know, we had both seen other documentaries that would fit this same mold. And then also we've done some on the show as well, and I had basically alluded that there are some that are outright just fucking racist in their depictions oh, yeah. and they are belittling of other cultures. And I said that you're going to run into that that more likely than not in these types of Mondo documentaries, and it's a minefield for that reason. And this week, I would submit to you that both Mondo Bellardo that we are doing, and also Mondo can't say this word because it's vaguely an racial Asian term, and definitely an outdated term for people of the I Far East. I just call it the movie that cannot be named. <laughs> yeah, also known as uh, Lei, and then term for that region that we will no longer use because it is yes. very, very outdated although still Mm -hmm. not necessarily racist i've only ever heard racist people use it now oh yeah 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 i mean pretty much that's all who uses it so i mean yeah so when racists co-op something you just let it go (laughs) right 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 so that's the that's the the name of that if you're trying to figure out what the name of it is it will actually be in the show notes i just don't want to actually say it so because i feel like when it's written and it's going to be in the original italian title this is the title that's what it's going to be that's what i'm putting there that's fine but i don't want to fucking say the word <laughs> Nor does Matt. Uh, like no. I like I did last week for the music for the Pirate Radio edit, which is also what Matt and I are going to pretty much be discussing while talking live. I am going with all music from the release eras of the films. Now, believe it or not, the Mondo word we won't use that is vaguely racist term for Asians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and or folks that are from the Far East. Um, <laughs> that film was released in 1960, originally in its own country. And that means that we will have 1960s Sam Cooke for our very first song tonight after the lead. Patreon ad. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, 
or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really. You can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Did you ever wonder why you were born on this earth where you live and love and die? What is it worth? Well, I fought it all in vain. Not worth On this cold terrain Then I met you Our world What a crazy place we dwell in Our world It's a glowy world full of melon A sea of this all right, because these films proclaim to be educational and are very much not that, I'm going to say that I don't know much about Mondo Bellardo. All right, yes. I mean, that's probably for the best. Man, that <laughs> song just makes me think of Animal House. Well, yeah, absolutely. But uh, mm. I absolutely love Sam Cooke, and I am bookending the show with Sam Cooke for everybody. Now, if you're listening There's... on the main feed, you're just going to have whatever royalty-free music I can get to fit in here right now. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, Sam Cooke's pretty fun. Yeah, so. absolutely. One of the greatest singers ever, regardless of genre. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. regardless of which edit you are actually listening to, you are now listening to the trailer for Mondo Bellardo. This is Boris Karloff inviting you to witness an utterly fantastic collection of the most incredible and unusual sequences ever filmed. Our Crazy World. A jungle of human passions, a world of wonder and excitement, beauty and terror, throbbing and pulsating with love in its infinite variety, dominated by the most savage beast of all, man himself. Like his four-legged brothers, man is always on the prowl, but man alone seeks his pleasures in strange and devious ways stalking his prey in the dark of night and even in broad daylight. For the first time on the screen, Mondo Balordo dares to reveal the shocking truths about man's secret loves and perverted pleasures. With Boris Karloff as your personal guide on an eye-expanding trip to the bizarre and curious corners of our crazy world. The probing eyes of hidden cameras expose the shocking extremes of man's insatiable hungers. From uninhibited native ceremonies to sophisticated rituals with naked claws. But man is not always a man, and seeing is not always believing. As Mondo Bolordo takes you off the beaten path where the guided tours never go. To hangouts in Denmark, 
where love abounds in many forms in the midst of controversial medical discoveries to ancient Arabia where women will go to any length to attract a man even though their resources are limited to exotic Hong Kong where ecstasy is experienced in clouds of dream smoke to the back alleys of London where economy is the mother of invention in a bizarre share-a-wife plan. Authentic scenes of life in the raw, photographed in secret, shockingly revealed for the first time in Mondo Balordo. It's so different you won't believe it even after you've seen it. Mondo Balordo. Yeah, woohoo! All right, Mondo Balordo. First 20 minutes. Starts out with some words here, so now I have to read them because I'm like, hey, I came here to watch a movie, not read, but whatever. Oh, this uh, goes on forever, too. I know. Yeah, it's awful. It says, Our world, what a wild and fascinating place it is, filled with love, hate, lust, and all the hungers and driving passions by which a strange creature called man is possessed. Uh, Mondo Balrado, throbbing and pulsating with love in its infinite and unimaginable variety from jungle orgies of primitive native tribes. This is everything the- that was in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just pretty much all that shit is pretty much said again. Yeah, and Thank also you. you were coming up on the very racist thing that was said that I clipped out of the trailer, but that's all the shit that was said in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have skipped over that part. Uh, so anyway, uh, then Boris, uh, starts our narration, so of course it's gonna be our first clip. In career of nearly four decades in motion pictures, I've played every monstrous role it was possible for writers to create. But as you will see in the exciting film to follow, nothing invented by the human mind can be as macabre, grotesque, and thrilling as the behavior of people in so-called real life. And that's not even the worst of the shit that Boris has to read for you nope, for this documentary. Nope. Yeah, no, no. I tried to keep away from the worst of it. Anyway, um, we see a couple goes to bone in a car. Um, next, we see um, a, a little person, and he's performing a music act. And they even say his music isn't... Well, it's great. That's not why people are there. And he has to do all these degradation things like his pants fall off and everything. And you just, you kind of feel gross after watching it. He's an impressionator and he's quite good at doing vocal yeah. impressions. I can't remember the various artists that he was singing. But yes, he also has to do a thing where he has to pretend like his pants fall off and shit so people can laugh and basically yeah. make fun of him because human beings are fucking horrible. And this is a raw look at how fucking horrible human beings are. We are pretty fucking horrible. It's very true. Um, so then, uh, then they show, like, they move to Hercules and his story of strength and how big that was. But then Boris says the real heroes are the studio workers who have to clean up all all, all the shit from, like, the destroyed sets. And uh, this is just an excuse to throw in a bunch of fucking stock footage of Italian-made, uh, sword and Hercules. sandal movies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That were probably outdated and they got for free or already had the rights for. Just yeah. to pad out the runtime. That's all that was there for. It seems that way. I mean, uh, we saw this on both the Jane Mansfield one and, uh, Oh, yeah? And then we also saw it uh, as well, uh, even in the Italians, they padded that one out. I've, n- I've never seen documentaries last as fucking long, and it's annoying as fuck. Well, they're not even really documentaries. because They're not, actually, you're right. They're all four fucking... of them actually contain footage from movies that they try to sell off as part of the documentary. And then we see um, an ancient tribal performance. Uh, and uh, for some reason, we're watching this tribal performance, and then it cuts right to a dude meeting up with a working lady. 
for lack of a better term. Uh, a lady of the night. Uh, and they kind of meet up and go their own way. And then we cut to a banquet, which leads to a Miss America type pageant. And they are all like, they're Miss Rhode Island, Miss Alabama. They're all the states. But they're all wearing panties and sweaters. And then they all get judged that way. Which makes me realize that all pageants are fucking terrible. <laughs> In this case, I believe they're just judging their nether bits through the underwear. I'm telling you right now, pageants are fucking terrible. You have not changed my mind. <laughs> was I trying to? Trying. I didn't know. I, I was about to say, if you were trying to. No, I was just basically explaining what it was that I thought I was seeing on screen. I'm not trying to yeah. do anything other than just add to it as in, it looked to me as though this contest was judging the lady bits through the underwear. But much like what they even say now about pageants, all the ladies were raising money for the pyramids in Egypt. That's that's what Boris told me. All right. Um, well, that's what Boris had written in front of him to read. He probably never okay. even saw a single frame that's of this. That's what Boris read to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that Boris never actually saw this. Yeah, right. Uh, then we cut to Hong Kong, and we see a lady's doing her own little racy dance. Um, and then it cuts to a man who takes photos of ladies being tied up in, in, in rope uh, for his readers. Um, Question. Yeah. Did this not feel like it was footage from a Japanese-made bondage film of the time like we have seen that they then just incorporated into this movie? Because I'm willing to stake that it was. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. I'm, it, I, I couldn't. It looked like it had a narrative as to why these girls started wrestling and everything on top of it. This yeah. looked like a pinku movie to me, or a pinky violence movie to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, very, very right. Uh, like, I just, I can't I, understand. You're what, already. I, I mean, we're not even twenty minutes in. I'm already very disoriented. Well, yeah, because this film jumps around like a fucking lot, so we're gonna yeah. both be extremely confused. This documentary wants to teach you something in spite of itself. <laughs> This documentary is like, listen, you're going to fucking learn whether you fucking like it or not. And the stuff you, you know, we're going to teach you, you may not even want to learn. Too fucking bad. Too fucking bad. This is the kind of film class that you walk in on, and it's actually just called Expanding Your Consciousness 101. And a guy yeah. that looks way too much like Hunter Thompson is sitting in the professor's chair, and uh, each seat looks like it's coated in acid. Like, like there's just like a 20 strip of acid on like every kid's chair. It's yeah, right? to go in and sit down that's what watching this documentary feels like <laughs> pretty much um then uh we see some ladies are wrestling and they're kind of tied by their wrists together but they still wrestle but we learn it's kind of like pro wrestling every move they're doing is already planned out so to give the men watching the best possible views um and i have no problem with this if this was 100 a real thing but this is more stuff that looks like footage from the pinku films yeah and then they cut to uh, some lions out in the desert, and uh, the the lions are trying to bone, and they're not paying attention. And so um, the uh, well, uh, the lion eats a zebra. Probably should have paid attention. Man, I'm telling you, trying trying to have sex for all species is just it's just death. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Just, uh, it's it's just nothing but death and destruction. It's just really hard to run when either you have a dick in you or your dick is in something else. Yep. 
Yep, this is, uh, these are facts. Um, and that ends actually the first 20 minutes in the movie. I feel like the discussion of whether or not the dick is in you is probably a good place to stop at 20 minutes. I completely, totally agree. Uh, it sounds like a fine enough place for me to stop. All right, so <laughs> we're, we, right before we even hit the 20 minutes, it needs to be said that there's a lot of things that Boris is saying that is very cringy, but it's clearly that it's been written for him. And I don't know if at the time it would have felt as cringy, but that doesn't make it right. Yeah. Um, so... I just, I don't know, like, it's it, it's troublesome for me to hear Boris Karloff's voice say some of the shit that's in this documentary. Yeah, it, it, here's my thing, though. I've never heard Boris talk in his normal voice. So hearing it like this is was shocking to me. I don't know why I didn't expect him to sound like that. That is odd. Maybe you're just not used to it, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that's <clears throat> definitely got to be it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I just so also want to say before we jump into the next oh, 20 minutes, yeah. um, they are already off the bat so hyper sensationalized. And I'm pretty sure that all the footage that was of this Hercules sword and sorcerer stuff was definitely stock footage or stolen footage from a movie that existed. I'm pretty sure that the S&M photo shoot and then the girls tied together wrestling was also probably part of a pinky violence movie because they were doing this for like five guys. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And it was, it was not shot like they were doing an exhibition. It was very much shot like these were composed various angle shots for a film, like an actual film, not just like a documentary trying to capture the action. It's too polished for that is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what it seems to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, we're going to continue to see that throughout the film. Um, I'm actually going to contend and and or kind of accuse this documentary of not actually shooting anything. Like, I feel like this is just assembled footage, which there are documentaries that are made that way. I'm not saying that that's a problem at all, but um, they're trying to sell this as they went out and found all this stuff that was shot in secret. And then they shot it in secret or whatever, you know, (laughs) when in reality, what they're doing is we're we're assembling some of the most outrageous shit you're ever going to see and pretending this is a documentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. That's how it seems to me as well. Everything looks too pretty, too yeah, done up than the yeah, it's so not a documentary. It's if 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 it's not just movies that they're taking places of, then they just stage shots. Now I'm not saying that yeah, that they didn't shoot anything per se, but like it feels to me like they didn't shoot most of, if not all of the footage. Like yeah. it's possible, yes, they had to have shot some of this stuff. And some of the rougher footage, sure, maybe they shot like of crowds and things, but when I say that this is not a documentary, it's not in the sense of where you have a crew go out and follow some folks to tell a specific story of a group of people. Uh, yeah, right. And, and it's not like a documentary in the sense of what even the kind of thing that like a Michael Moore kind of guy does where he'll at least, you know, insert himself into the documentary and like you follow him around because it's really actually all about him and not the cause that he's supposedly fighting for. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I said that out loud. Um, yeah. <laughs> you did really just say that out loud, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's thinking it, but nobody ever says it about Michael Moore. <laughs> of course. Uh, but I mean, a lot of what is going on with this is it's a narrative that they're trying to push and literally what they're trying to push is anything that's not Western cis culture is bad. That's exactly what this is pushing. And, or at least strange. Yeah, it's strange and unusual you know I mean? and you should be yeah. derisive. I'm not it. even saying they're trying to push it as bad, but they're definitely trying to push it as this is abnormal. Instead of just saying, hey, it's a different culture that does different things than what we do here in the West, it is very much a, 
what the West does is right, and everything else other than that is kind of abnormal and weird. That's we won't still say bad, that's still, but it's abnormal and weird, and that's still bad too. Yeah, say. that that's actually coding. That's a racial coding yeah. of certain sorts, and it's basically one step removed from a certain race color is right. If you catch my drift. Oh yeah, no, you're you're right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what this film is pushing, and it really disgusts me that Boris is a part of this, and uh, it's kind of hard to watch in modern eyes. And that's a paycheck. I mean, it had to have been, right, a paycheck move? Well, yeah, you do a voiceover for what you think is going to be a documentary, and even though you're reading a bunch of wild and salacious stuff, if you never really see the footage, do you really know what, I think, what you got I your think, hands I'm, on? I'm going to say, unfortunately, I think he did. Because I mean, look what he's reading. The words are bad enough. Yeah. Well, it just—it's just unfortunately. Yeah. Well, let's so let's that, move on. But all I can think of is is motherfucker needed some cash. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it still bums me out, man. Let's just move on. I, I don't want to yeah, dwell well, on that. I mean, dude, that kind of shit sucks. I agree, man. You know how many fucking people who I looked up to in the past and looking back said some really awful horrific shit that bums me out. Are you talking about Aaron Rodgers or is this someone else? Uh I mean it, that's part of it, but I I was talking about other other people from like when I was a kid. At least Aaron Rodgers is like an adult thing, so I'm just like, all right, I I kind of realize as an adult other adults suck. It's just the way it is. I'm more talking about looking back at my childhood heroes and realizing a good many of them were fucked. So <laughs> like Chevy Chase, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm where I'm at with a lot of stuff. Yeah, I get but, you. But that's yeah. the problem is you you realize your heroes are human and sometimes they're not as wonderful as you dreamed they would be. Don't meet your heroes. I mean, is that the whole saying? So, uh, the next 20 minutes starts, oh shit, it starts harsh. Uh, Elephant gets chased by uh, a tribe, uh, but gets killed by a hunter. But then the hunter, it's this whole thing is real racist. Yeah, the description and, that you are yeah. are very justifiably observing to skip is essentially yeah. alluding to a white hunter beating this tribe by sport mm-hmm. hunting the elephant. All he wants is the ivory, and the then the 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 tribe can have the rest. And the tribe cut this elephant down, cut it open. I don't know if this is real or not. Oh, this is real footage. Yeah, the butchering. Okay, yeah, is I was very I was going to say this has to be real. It's extremely uh, real footage. It's yeah, fucking brutal and grossed me out, and I didn't like it. No, uh, animal butchery in such a manner is not something that I want to watch for entertainment. No, that is not uh that's not an entertaining thing. Yeah, even even if it's something that I am capable of doing myself physically because I have done that type of work before doesn't mean I enjoy watching it as entertainment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just no thank you to any of that. So anyway, we're going to get out of that. And uh we see this uh couple uh just got married. Uh the female of the couple's 24 years old and the husband's 80 year old. And we find out what she is is she is a sex worker. And what she's doing is she just kind of shows up, makes the old dude feel happy. They get married and cops will more than likely leave a lot of the sex workers alone if they have a missus in front of their name because you know misogyny um, right she belongs to a man so so whatever she's doing is fine it's on him to take care of we'll we'll leave it alone yeah best yeah. not poke around in their business i'm sure he's aware yeah uh so but then it's kind of sad uh her they're driving away there's this guy in the front seat and then her that guy drive away and leave the old dude at the old dude's home and you're just kind of like fuck jesus all right um yikes makes makes you feel bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the old guy's just being left alone and abandoned? Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I just don't, 
uh, think that's a good thing, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I mean, no guy likes to be left alone while his wife steps out for sex with another man for money. Yeah, but, I, you know, it doesn't look like that old dude really knows what the hell that's happening. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that, too. It's fucking disturbing that in that manner, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then we cut to it's party time in Barcelona, and that's our next clip. This is the dream place of those women. The amusement quarter of Barcelona, the ill-famed Barrio Chino. Every night, these dark streets, barely illuminated now and then by the colored signs of night spots of every type, become the meeting place for a sampling of humanity almost always on the fringes of the law. Specimens often enriched by gentlemen on the hunt for forbidden emotions. Sometimes, by a kind of instinctive self-defense, the gentlemen who go hunting for forbidden emotions in the Barrio Chino conceal their true identity beneath a very definite disguise. And it certainly is nobody's fault if afterwards, through so many searching for forbidden sensations every night, even they can no longer distinguish between their original personality and the one beneath the disguise. We are in Munich. A group of students from the local university throw themselves into the delights of a typical German beer hall party. Student songs, beer, and a little spontaneous music are the ingredients of this get-together, which is the prelude to a ceremony that's far more cruel and stupid than the innocent and peaceful images we are viewing would suggest. The youthful hopes for the culture of the Germany of tomorrow and its governing class draw from their steins the courage necessary to confront a test which the ironclad rules of their association has rendered traditional. A battle against fear and their faces bear the permanent signs of the fight that they endured. It's the ill-famed Mansur. Every self-respecting German student must have his face scarred by a wound received in a duel with a schoolmate. It is a wound which every self-respecting German student will show off later with pride as the undeniable proof of his courage and of maturity achieved. What the fuck fucking fascist horse shit was some of that? It was all fucking terrible. Um, so as we see in the first party, there were many men dressed as women. Um, then we saw those students were partying. And then they ended it, the students ended it with fencing, and the guy has to get fucking cut up in his face. And then right after he did, a girl started making out with him, because apparently that's fucking manly. <laughs> that's some toxic horse shit right there. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Hey, I just learned that it's toxic horse shit just a couple of years ago, man. I just came out of that myself. <laughs> right? <laughs> Give so, your boy uh, some leeway here. Then we, we cut to a Berlin nightclub where there are cross-dressers. And it is also just horrific, the things that are said about these poor people who are just trying to live their lives. Um, yeah, it gets it gets downright it's... fucking unbearable. Oh, it really, you watch this and you are just, I, I'm sick to my stomach. Then we go to a secret lesbian bar and he talks about uh, these women are wives and mothers and all this shit. They're just here oh, for yeah. Something, yeah. something forbidden. And you're like, fuck off, movie. Just fuck off. Yeah. Fuck all the way off. You really start getting a serious stomach ache at this point, and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? Come on. And I'm like, oh my god, there's like an hour left. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all, all and it's all Boris Karloff saying this shit to us, and it's even worse yeah. when he's not talking. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so then we leave that. We come to a carnival. And, and there are different games there. We see some ladies, they're, they're wrestling in their balloons. And they pop the balloons. And it's just for men to drool over them at this carnival. Then, then they have, like, this fun house that has a device that will blow air up women's skirts so that their skirts fly up. And then the men get to see that. You're just like, wow. They may have shot some of this stuff. I believe they possibly shot some of this stuff. Yeah, this some of this stuff may have been shot. I don't know about the women wrestling with the balloons. No, that's but that's yeah, that's from like fucking Japanese TV or some shit. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, but this is something. But uh all right, so then we cut to the island, uh, and it's no rhyme or reason where we're going either. You get oh, you're, you're you're woozy from all the discrimination and racism and misogyny you're having to watch, and then you're constantly jumping with no rhyme or reason. So now you're all really discombobulated and woozy, and you don't know what's going on. And all you want to do is 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 hug somebody who loves you and not leave that area. <laughs> Okay, so the film is extremely disorienting because you never know where you actually are at any given point in time between cuts. And you're not really learning anything. No, all you're really, yeah, all all you're really learning. Discrimination, racism, and bigotry, it looks like. Right, all you're really learning is a thing that you can point at and specifically say, this is bigotry. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, like this is a a line that you can draw in the sand where you're like, no, this is fucking bigotry. Really? Did you have to pause it at one point and just take a break? I had to pause it at several points and take a break and just be like, what the fuck? Okay, good. Because I'm talking to you about it now and I'm starting to get lightheaded (laughs) again. The same feeling I got when I was watching the movie and I'm having the same feeling while talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It it activated my white cis male guilt like hard oh, the entire yeah, time. I feel so badly, God, Jesus Christ! We've really just listen. The track record isn't great for us. All right, we <laughs> all we can do is move forward and try to be better as the men we are right now, Matt. And we can make it through this film, the two of us. All right, all right. Uh, well, we're in the island of Saloon, and we have fishermen. <sighs> then they kill sea turtles, and that's fucking brutal to watch. It was almost a sweet relief from all the racism and discrimination. I'm like, yes, torment animals. Thank you. At least I feel something different now. Jesus Christ. At least I feel a different sort of yeah, horrible. At least I'm revolted in a different way. Thank you. My my cis white guilt has gone away, and now I just feel disgusted as a human being the way we do things to other animals on this planet. You want me to it's be a, a different... PETA member? Because this is how you make me a PETA member, you fucker. This is a different... It's a different form of disgust, but, you know, so it's better, I guess. (laughs) At least it's different, so I'm feeling slightly better. Yeah, yeah, something. I don't even know. (laughs) It's at least a change of pace. Uh, Then we, uh... Then we cut to, uh, oh, then we go right back to the racism. We're in Africa where white men can hunt for a price, but people of color cannot. They are not allowed. And that includes the tribal people who live on this land. And even though they're just hunting for food, they are then arrested by local authorities and taken away. Okay, the reason why you're so dizzy and the reason why you were so dizzy when you were doing the notes is because yeah. you have found some way to expunge the racism of the tale while telling the same tale as it is being displayed Uh, and i applaud you that work my friend because that sounded really difficult to describe in such a manner (laughs) it was the word 
I didn't know how I literally I had to take a, I took a break after the turtle thing. I came back and then that and I had to take another break because then I had to go think of how could I properly say this scene without being terrible. And that's that's the best I got. Well, and the worst part of it is the way that it kindly, gently handles apartheid. Like the reason those yeah. rules were in place is because of apartheid. Yeah. And it's yeah. fucking awful. Yeah. 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 All of that. Yeah. It's all terrible. Yeah. I hate I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> this is fucking revolting. All right, then we cut to India. <laughs> just like, okay, now we go to India, where we're going to be even more racist, I guess. Yay! <laughs> yeah, the movie just does not let up with the racism at all. It really does not. You don't get a break. <laughs> um... So we see that we're in India now, and a bunch of people are dancing to help a sick man. They're thinking this dance will help ward out the spirits from him. Similar to um, the poison gentleman in The Italians, where a bunch of ladies jumped over him and showed him up their skirt. Yeah, right. Um, then, a uh, during all this, a medicine man actually devours a chicken whole. Yeah, that was pretty disturbing. That was disturbing. Uh then they go on about how Indians are all hooked on the cocaine leaves. Oh my god, this is so fucking racist. To forget their horrible lives that they live because they don't have our western comforts. This is so fucking horrible. This is so fucking racist. This but was... that's why they say they're doing it. <laughs> this is so fucking awful. Why are we doing this? <laughs> why? why are you showing me this? And then they show you how they do it so that if you yeah. come across this plant you can do it. Yeah, you can get high too. But but in Boris Kalaev's words, we don't have to because we have the Western comforts. So we're we're just the best. Oh fuck this! <gasps> this is so bad. Jesus Christ! It's so uh, racist, so offensive, uh, so triggered. A part of me died today. Um, <laughs> What's really bad is while when I watched it, while I'm watching the movie, like while I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, this is really bad, and I just I can keep going, but it's until I have to acknowledge to another human being what it was in the film that I watched, like the level of guilt that I should have been feeling didn't set in. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's it's making the review that much harder to do, right? Like for you too, like until you talk to somebody else about it, you didn't realize, or because you were writing it down, like it hit you just how horrible everything really was. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just, oh, it's really bad. Yeah, at this point, I'm begging my cats to snuggle with me while I'm watching this movie because I feel terrible. Yeah, say, I, I, I'm just, I, I just wanted to hug the ones closest to me and then, like, I don't know, just yell to the world that I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it um, just keeps getting worse from here. Yeah. Then we see uh, a lady and, uh, She's going through withdrawals from okay cane because the dealer's late in getting there. And then, of course, you have to cut to Chinese men. So we go from one addiction to another because then we see these Chinese men and they're all getting high in an opium den. <sighs> so fucking racist. I'm pretty sure and this again, is footage from a movie. This why, is footage from a movie, too. I'm pretty sure. And you have to understand the reason why, again, they tell you the reason why they have to get so high. They're not from the West. You're, we're lucky that you're either born in England or America. Because if not, this is what you'd end up doing. Because th no one's happy in any other place. <laughs> this is so fuck racist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm fucking just... xenophobic and horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The xenophobia is so real. Oh. I think this is the movie that Trump based his foreign policy on. It, 
It has to be. It has to be. Trump probably watched this once and went, this is a documentary, so this must all be true, right? Like, he never even questioned it because it just, like, fit in with his preconceived notions of people. Exactly. Uh, and then we see a Maharaja, and he's in a parade to help make the rainfall. But Boris says... Although he actually gets his weather reports from the local government. And that ends that 20 minutes. Okay, just when you thought it couldn't get any more racist and horrible, it does. And just when you thought you couldn't feel any worse about it, you talk to your co-host about the film while you're covering it on your show, and you do. Yeah, and then you feel you feel worse. You feel more horrible. I mean, we, yeah. we're, we're acknowledging everything that we can really kind of bring to terms and discuss. We're acknowledging this is all terrible. This is all racist. This is all xenophobic as fuck. It's awful. Like, this is yeah. real. This is probably one of the most offensive films that we have done. And it's trying to be an educational film. Yeah, I told you it was the end of that 20, right? Yeah, you yeah. did say that already. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm mystified by all the racism, xenophobia, bigotry, misogyny, <laughs> just animal cruelty. I'm telling you, man, this bat a thousand for being offensive. Yeah, the Mondo style movies are pretty fucking brutal, these documentaries. And they do start getting more sensationalistic and uh, kind of vile than this. This is yeah. just, we're tipping in the iceberg and we're really just dipping our toe in the actual racism of some of these movies in the way that they get. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Because as horrible as this is, it's still sort of gently being horrible. Yeah. Because <laughs> it could have it could have been so much more hateful of terms. What this is doing is trying to soft sell you the idea that Western culture is superior. Like they're trying to push that so fucking hard. Like yeah. And that's, they're not trying to teach you. They're just trying to push the idea that everybody else in the world has it horrible because they are not American or heavily implied they are not yeah. Uh, yeah. English or whatever. But you got to remember this was shot in Italy. So what's the original Italian say that they're because they're not Italian? Yeah, I don't know. No. I, 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 yeah, I have no idea what the rest of it's saying. Yeah, whatever this actually was, this version of it that we are watching with the English dub that was done is yeah. fucking racist as fucking shit. It's terrible. It's xenophobic as fucking shit. Like, this film is the uncle at Thanksgiving that you are ready to report to the FBI just to get them to shut up. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. All right, thanks, Uncle Shitstain. Goddamn. All right, let's let's get through this. Yeah, uh, just one more, one more question for you. Yeah, right. Given the way that this film is kind of thrown together, if the Italian dialogue matches what they're saying for the English dub that we got with Boris Karloff and shit, mm -hmm. do do you think possibly that this film was a pro-fascist film in the 60s where they're trying to <laughs> sell it again in Italy? That, like, you know, the rest it's, of the world is fucked and we need to go back to our Italian ways or whatever The it only is. problem, though, is they don't, like, fuck around with America. Well, yeah. You because, think they want to fuck with capitalism if you want to be fascist. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But, like, or just, you know, whatever regime at the time that they're trying to push, you know, that whatever yeah, the I new mean, racist agenda shit is. I just... I, I could be i just think it's a uh, it's i think italy at this point's counting themselves as pro-west part of the west so i think it's just supposed to be a 
at this point in time, we're 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 the West, man. We're the best. Um, oh, you know what you it know. you know what it actually is. It's like uh, whenever um, one country's immigrants started pouring into the United States, the previous yeah. country would start pointing at them and say, "Look at all these new immigrants coming in. They're not us because not they're trying that. to trying to make themselves like you know yeah. fit in because they're the 19- most recent ones. This is the 1960s, right? Yeah, we're getting real close to NATO getting all together. Real close, and the real red hair in the 60s was communism. So this could be Italy saying, look at all these places that aren't exactly with us in the cool kids group. And, you know, trying to also get everyone off the idea of just forget that 20 years ago, this country was on the wrong side of a lot of shit. Forget about that. We're cool kids now. It's everyone else who's the problem. Yeah, it's just so fucking xenophobic. It seems that it's trying to push some type of political agenda. I just said fascism because I was thinking holdover from World War II. Yeah, see, and I think, and I, I, I'm like, okay, I can even see that. I, or I, 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 I think you're right about it's xenophobic, but for a different reason. It's xenophobic to say, okay, 20 years ago, we were, they were fascists. But we're not anymore. So uh, look at all these other horrible people. Yeah. We're the good guys now. We're now we're the good guys. But that's you know? it's all speculation at this fucking point anyway. Yeah. And let's just we're we're trying to prolong it because it's fucking horrible to get through. But let's just do it. Let's just fucking burn all through right. it. The next twenty minutes, we come to a baptism of new Jehovah Witnesses. Fuck it, that's our next clip. It's not the water of the sacred Ganges, but that of the swimming pool in Munich. Nevertheless, this too is a religious ceremony. Is the baptism of the new converts to the sect of Jehovah's Witnesses. The men in the white undershirts are brothers of long standing appointed by the community to baptize the new witnesses. The religious movement called Jehovah's Witnesses, very popular in Northern Europe, grows more powerful and solid every day. Today, in Munich, their highly organized annual congress is in progress. Upon this broad pasture gathered more than 150,000 people. All Jehovah's Witnesses are firmly convinced that each one will have his special place in the new ark which will save them from the imminent universal flood. The one thing they forget is that to save the entire congregation, the ark would need to be more or less the same dimensions as the world that is about to be destroyed. Here it looks as if the universal flood had already taken place. We are on Tuhalian, the archipelago of desolation, where every form of life has been extinguished since time immemorial. The natives who eke out an existence along the edges of the sinister swamp speak vaguely of an object which fell from the sky ages ago and plunged into the depths of the water. And since then, all plant life has withered and died and the human inhabitants have disappeared from the region like the victims of some mysterious sorcery. Uh, do you know why it's particularly offensive that they bring up and or point out the thriving community of Jehovah's Witnesses in Germany? Uh, I am waiting for you to tell me. I'm, I'm sure you're a World War II buff. You read a lot about like World yeah. War One and World War II, so I thought you would know. But Jehovah's Witness was like the second, like like second largest religion that was targeted by the Nazis in Germany in World War II. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it, it, I knew they were targeted. I don't. I don't. I, I just, okay, I don't want to say second, but it was like an. It was another faith that they were specifically the, trying to eradicate. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I thought it was, of course, the Jewish religion, 
gypsies, and then those were the top two, and then everything underneath that kind of just went and stole for anybody who's just racist and all that shit. Yeah, I I know the Romani was there as well, um, as as part of the group, but I thought that was more um I thought that was more in the Italy <laughs> where they were doing it on Italy's behalf because Italy still yeah. has issues with the Romani even now. <laughs> uh, sadly. Um it's fucking horrifying. Uh yeah. But like I just I don't know, I just wanted to point that out. Like I don't know of another religious faith, so that's why I'm saying it was the second religious faith or as in it was the second faith or the next faith that they went after. I don't yeah. know of any other specific faith. Other than that, I'm sure they probably would have started on Muslim. Well, they hated, or anything they else also hated they Catholics. Yeah. They also hated Catholics. Okay. With the, with the burning passion. Right. So but that's not unheard of either. Yeah. But <laughs> but I do know that Jehovah's Witnesses were definitely targeted as well and ended yes. up actually in extermination camps as well. Yes. They, they definitely did. Yeah. yeah. And I just didn't know of another faith personally. That's why I said I couldn't say uh. the second for sure or like you know like not in yeah. ranking but well, like for as far as faith yeah. yeah i think after the the jewish community it was definitely probably jehovah witnesses and, and then, and then catholics when they got around catholics. to it yeah yeah uh, it was catholics yeah because you know it just probably was harder to get them but i mean they by that point in time i think most catholics got out but i think also what didn't help catholics was being in rome so and they had to get pretty creative there so (laughs) right but anyway it's just uh, to have the documentary point that out and to do it in such a manner where it's extremely salacious after everything else that they've been pointing out and all the other racism and stuff like that like i'm starting to get really kind of heebie-jeebie vibes from this documentary at this point this yeah i've gotten these heebie-jeebie vibes like within the first 30 minutes of this fucking thing yeah i said i got woozy you didn't know where it was going at by i get by time i got to this point i was kind of numb i was like okay whatever uh just you're just gonna be uh just terrible into everything gotcha cool i see i was still experiencing it and still kind of going through it but like just kind of trying to analyze it like is this what is is this what this film is trying to push for me and like when i say the term fascist or why fascism was on my mind with this film it's because there's little things like this little hints like this like why focus in on if it's all northern europe why focus in specifically in germany with jehovah's witnesses listen i was half expecting the next thing to be and here's the catholic church down in rome what secrets are they holding on to behind their doors that they won't tell us (laughs) yeah um, if that was actually an american documentary then sure but this actually was made in italy so yeah so they might you know gotten a break on that yeah if it was an you know maybe not even an american documentary because you know well back then no catholics still had a pretty bad name even in america so i mean only one has ever been president they fucking killed him so yeah <laughs> There's only ever been one Catholic president, and they fucking killed him. You are not wrong. <laughs> well, we're not going to get into that. Fuck it. All right, let's get through with this fucking movie. You're going to get me going on shit. Um, let's see. And then we see we're in Berlin. We see the Berlin Wall. Um, and it really brings back memories of a whole nother time. You you almost forget when we were growing up and little kids that Germany was split into two. Uh, and and the Berlin Wall was something real. And uh, the Cold War, which seems to be, I don't know, fucking back, was, was such a thing. Uh, they tell a story about how a guy and his, uh, a guy hit his wife and mother-in-law in the trunk of his car and then removed the windshield so it wouldn't break and then just plowed through Checkpoint Charlie to the west. Well, he cut the and car he, in such a manner so yeah. that it would fit just underneath the Neath barriers. The, yeah. Yeah. And then, so they were like, well, they, they, 
added shit and you just saw some, you know, like, so that would never happen again. And, uh, and it's just, ooh, you know, it's, it's never good when you have to stop people leaving your own country. Yeah. They put up a barrier so that they couldn't escape that basically blocked down below. So whenever the yeah. thing was raised, it was up and out of the way. But then when it came down, it blocked so a car couldn't go under it again, which was very horrifying to think. Yeah. And by the way, you know, I've just been sitting here thinking throughout this whole thing watching. We've had racism. We've had bigotry. We've had sexism. We've had homophobia. Uh, we have brutality against animals. You know what? One thing we haven't had yet? Classism. Oh, wait. It's coming up next. Never mind. So they say, hey, we can look at another wall now. This wall's in Naples. However, this wall is to hide a shanty town, a place where homeless people found some shelter. But they don't want any of the rich tourists to see or just the rich people. So they built a wall around it so you can ignore that people are suffering. So good job, movie. You're just you batted a thousand. You did fucking great. If the job of this film is to convince me that humans are shit, it has continually done so. It does. Yeah, it has really just made it happen, hasn't it? I mean, it has just really just fucked us all up. Let's just be done. Faith in humanity sufficiently diminished. Yeah, it's all over. It's all over. Why, Why would you have any of that faith in humanity? Virtually depleted. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much gone getting in there. Um, see here. And then, uh, well, then we catch up with a former smuggler, and he, he now works for, the, like, the movies and entertainment, but he shows them how easy it is to smuggle shit. Um, we stay in Naples, and, uh, we come across a sort of black market for all the smuggled products that come into town. Uh, then we see, um, uh, the Count of the Dead, where peeps can go in and ask for all sorts of favors from the dearly departed, especially lotto numbers. So now we're showing how Italy has a, a gambling addiction, uh, cause playing a lotto like that is still an addiction. Um... Then a dude, he goes around to different businesses and the lotto places and burns incense. He's a burner. And he, it's just to, to help, you know, uh, ward off the evil eye, as it were. Uh, then they cut to some ladies rehearsing a dance number for a show. Um, then they show a man dancing and he believes, like, uh, he's the reincarnation of some great dancer. Um... Then we see uh, different families in, uh, in Naples. Uh, they collecting fertilizer for their crops. They're collecting their own shit. There's no such thing as plumbing. They just shit in buckets and they use that as fertilizer. I mean, I guess it's good for the planet. Um, uh, it's actually pretty unhealthy. It's a really yeah. bad way and you could probably spread disease. You want to use something different. Well, too fucking bad. They're not going to. Okay. Get dysentery, motherfucker. I'm just saying. All right. Well, then there's an artist fair for struggling artists, and that's our next clip. Via Barguta, the street of the Roman artists, modern bohemians with automobiles and bank accounts, every year opens its courtyards full of garages and attics with central heating to poor artists, to those who haven't yet achieved success or at least an exhibit in a stylish gallery. So every year for several days in this famous street, the so-called artists' fair is held for painters still struggling upwards. Among these men and women, who sometimes are men and women only by virtue of their birth certificates, are hidden the future talents which will enrich tomorrow's culture with their works. And while they wait to write their names in the great album of glory, they refine their sensibilities in gatherings upon a high cultural level. 
It's well known that artists are always considered free of the prejudices and inhibitions which restrain the instincts of ordinary people. For some time, however, the youthful dissipation of the past has given way to manifestations which resemble less and less an affirmation of rebellion against conformity. Since the time of the existentialists, the path of modern art passes more and more often and more willingly through experiences like this. Certain works of modern art, as all know, hardly have to go on sale before they are snapped up. And the snapping up is generally done by the members of the Vice Squad. It even takes pot shots at, like, counterculture of the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even pot shots are just artists, people who want to create. Oh, you want to create? You want to be an artist? Yeah, you're fucked up then. You're probably fucked up. You're, you're not normal. Yeah, you don't work a normal nine to five. Aren't you some kind of a wacky weirdo in this world? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. That's... Holy shit, I really am starting to have a problem, Court. <laughs> yeah, this film's fucking enraging, and I'm glad we're moving through it. Let's, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we'll soldier on, my man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next, we have lots of dogs, and uh, this is the one upbeat type of thing. This is a special veterinarian who helps dogs with cancer and helps them live. Now, you have some surgery shots, but whatever, at least... One little bright spot. Just one. That, this is it. <laughs> yeah, a doc that volunteers his time to alleviate cancer tumors from dogs. And just yeah. remove them or, or just operate on the dogs and give them a better life. And this leads us to the final 30 minutes. All right, let's fucking go. All right. Then we they cut to like how man can be like animal. They have a bunch of old men in tuxes and they're waddling around. Then they show penguins. Then you see monkeys. They're just doing their own monkey thing, having fun. Uh, and we see now we're at a zoo and people are watching them and how there's no difference between people and animals, like people acting and people doing stuff and then animals doing stuff. It's supposed to make you think. Then we come to some camels and we're told they collect the camel pee to help turn the lady's hair blonde. <sighs> yeah. I guess, but like how? I don't know, Ray. I don't know. Because they don't tell you. They just tell you it works. Yeah, because then the film proceeds to show you the guy rubbing pee into both the lady's hair over and over yeah. and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, just fuck. All right. Um, then we see some folks are camping, and they say the this is you know, like the young folks that they don't want to have to spend money until they camp, and everyone's having fun. They play a naughty little game again. This is uh, maybe one thing that's not so bad. They these these younger people are playing a naughty little game where uh, somebody's blindfolded, and then uh, different people will kiss that person. If that person guesses the right person, those those two hook up. Um, this may have been footage that they shot, but this also felt like just some kind of yeah. weird Italian no, no. sex comedy they repurposed. But at least at this point, everyone looks enthusiastic about this. There's tons of consent. Everyone looks like they're having a good time. I'm taking this as a win. This film has built up so much ill will that I was waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time that this sequence, yeah. which was significantly more pleasant, yeah. which is not saying much compared to what we just discussed that was in the film. Exactly. But yeah, I was fully expecting like, and then a woman's attacked and you're like, because she wasn't with her family. Right. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Here, yeah. Fornicating. Right. I was expecting something like that. And I just wasn't, I was always on guard. Like at, at this point, I'm just like, no yeah. movie, you don't, you yeah, don't get yeah, me to relax yeah. ever. How dare you? Exactly. Who, who do you think you are? Uh, now we see adults are at an adult party. And it's another game where 
uh, a woman is dancing. She's very scantily dressed. Uh, it's clad uh, in like a lingerie, but she has a, a hood over. And they have to guess who the woman is by her body. And if the person guesses, they get to have her for that night. And if multiple guys guess at the same time, then they all win. So, but uh, everyone looks enthusiastically, you know, like they're agreeing to this and they want to be there, uh, especially uh, the lady. How can you tell until she takes the hood off, though? No, no, that's what I meant. When she takes the hood off, she's all smiles and thinks it's fucking hilarious and great. So that's that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's basically like a way too complicated key party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, no, but you got to (laughs) guess. I don't, I don't want that. But uh, can, can we just? This is probably what led to key parties. It's like, all right, this is this is taking too long into the evening. Let's just put keys in a fucking thing. All right, yeah, that sounds fine. Yes, this hate-filled fucking documentary is what caused key parties. <laughs> just what it is is, uh, uh, they probably played this game in America, but when too many guys like didn't recognize their wife's body right away at these parties, and she got pretty fucking pissed about it. Or, or not only that, but when too many guys didn't recognize his wife's own body but recognized the neighbor's wife's body yeah, yeah, way too oh, quickly that is that's definitely sandy how did you know that shit <laughs> <laughs> yep that's how key parties got started yeah, yeah. Fucking, now the fight's over <laughs> oh no, it was all luck it's all just the fucking keys <laughs> um uh then we see some people they're hooking up in a car but while they're doing it uh, they're, they're being watched by some voyeurs. Uh, and then we see more guys, they're getting their jollies off at those slide machines. Um, and then some just watching people on the beach. Um, and then it was like a whole long thing if we just saw people on the beach. And then we go to the Isle of Capri, which is supposed to be like a fantasy world. Uh, fishermen will take Americans on boat rides. Like, and you see these women falling asleep because the boat rides along and the guys just boating them. Uh, then of course... We have to go to the soccer match, and there's a soccer match happening. Everyone's exciting. Uh, is it a Mondo documentary without shots of a soccer match? I don't think it is, no. And then the the, the worst part about it is then uh, then we get uh, a, uh, this huge, horrible thing where then it just goes to women walking down the street and men staring at them. Leering at them, like, disgustingly, leering. yeah. Fucking leering at them. And that lasts for way too fucking long until we finally hear Boris's voice saying how it is just a uh, a crazy wild world and then we're able to roll the fucking credits. Jesus fucking Christ this movie. Who movie? All right, uh, Mondo Bellardo. Jesus Christ, uh, I'm actually using the music from the movie in the main feed this week. So I mean, it's yeah. This was this was rough. Yeah, this was this was a this was a xenophobic, homophobic, just fucking hate filled piece of shit of a film, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was fucking horrible, and I don't ever want to think about it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually, I mean, I own it, and I own a box set of yeah. 
Mondo Bellardo and uh, the Jane Mansfield's uh, Wild Wonderful World of Jane Mansfield where they're, they uh-huh. were collected together. Again, yeah. I bought it because it was in the sale and I liked the design of the packaging. I mean, how dare you? How dare you? I know. You see what this gets you now? Yeah. You see what the shit we have to deal with? Yeah, but it also gave me the girl in room 2A when I just bought a Giallo box set because I wanted to cover more Giallo with you. And I'm like, we'll just dive in with these. Why not? All right. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. It's not always gold whenever you buy box sets. Absolutely (laughs) not. But sometimes it gives you a great episode where you can espouse about how horrible the world used to be and how it seems slightly better now, but how much better it could be. Right. Right. And you know what? That's something that I'm going to actually acknowledge with the song I'm closing the show out with on the Pirate Radio edit. Absolutely. Um, And I'm using another Sam Cooke song. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So the next movie that we're going to be talking about here, right before we kind of break into it, because I'm done with Mondo Bellardo. You are too, right? No, I'm done. Okay. I'm I'm full on done. All right. Let's move on to the movie that shall not be named. All right. So before we do that, um, so Mondo Bellardo was released in 1964. So we're going to take a quick break before we talk about the film, uh, basically discussing peoples of an Asian culture in a very racist term. That film that we will not name, but it will be in the show notes so you can find it if you need to. Um, That film was released everywhere else except the United States until about 2019 when it was released for this box set. So there, because of that, I'm doing a dealer's choice in adding another song and that's where the Sam Cooke song is going to come in because I wanted to play something to bring everybody up and give them hope and this Sam Cooke song absolutely will do that, I promise. All right. But that's not the song I'm playing next. What I'm playing Uh. next is a 1964 hit from the Jesters and it's still going to bring you guys up and when we get back we'll talk about the film that we can't even say the fucking title for. Jesus fucking Christ. ce la faccio più tutto tu vuoi niente mi dai mi costi troppo non sei fatta per me basta non ho più scrupoli senti Devi lasciarmi andare, tutto tu vuoi, niente mi dai, mi costi troppo. The film that we can't say the title of because it's so super fucking racist was released in 1960, so therefore that's why the Sam Cooke song for our very first break came in. 1964 is the year that Mondo Bellardo was released. That's why we just listened to the gestures and they're currently playing song Run, Run, Run. Now, luckily, yeah. Now, luckily for everybody, uh, we don't have to listen to a trailer for the film that we can't even say the title for because it's so fucking racist. We're just gonna do the review and move through it as quickly as painlessly as possible, please. Yes. All right. Good. 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 All right. So the movie that shall not be named. The first twenty minutes. Well, we start some center narration, so that's our first clip. Oh God. This is Cairo. Our story begins here. We have appointments with five oriental women whose simple stories we want to tell you. They are very simple, you might almost say every day. The first is Nagua Fuad, and any of you may see and admire her in the cabaret where she is queen. 
My lady, your guests are just arriving. I'm glad to see you. You are very punctual. May I offer you a cup of tea? No, thank you. I only woke up a moment ago. Did you sleep here, out in the open? In the Orient, we do it. Where have you decided to take us? Nagua lives in the most modern hotel in all of Africa. It lies along the bank of the Nile like a sleeping skyscraper. This hotel symbolizes the Cairo of today, a proud city which tries to elevate its modern conquests to the level of its memories of the past. Even those most ancient ones, such as the hieroglyphics of the times of the pharaohs. From the height of the Mukatam Hill, we see the Muslim cemetery, where lie the ancestors of this ultra-modern girl. Women whose lives were enclosed, whose faces were covered. Oh, boy. Yeah, all right. Well... Now we uh, see women, they're talking, they no longer have to be covered by their veils, or if they do have veils, they're very sheer. Um, We see the pyramids, and a guy bets another guy that he can get up and down them in six minutes, and he sure enough does, so the guy gives him some cash. That was pretty impressive. That was actually something worth watching, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that she goes to a wedding, um, the, uh, this lady who we're following, and the groom, well, he already has three wives already, and it's time for number four. Uh, we see lots of dancing and celebration, but our lady, who we're finally is quite happy for the freedom she has, because she's chosen a modern life. And then we find out the new wife is 14. Yeah. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, movie. <laughs> also, this footage all looks very much like it was a movie that they are telling a different story over top of. Yes, yes, it does. It does. So we're. I'm hoping this isn't real. I, I really think it's. It can't be real. So no, this like the lady does not look anywhere near 14 either. No, that's on no, screen, yeah, so it no, can't be. So, but the fact that they had to be that salacious with it is just really fucking yeah, gross. But. But fuck you, movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, just that's fuck fair. Off. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's gross. It's fair. Yeah. And now we travel to Nepal, and that is our next clip. One of the highest peaks of the Himalayas. We have made a jump of 5,000 miles. The country you see here is Nepal, an archaic corner of the world squeezed between India and China. We left polygamy in the Arab world to find the opposite phenomenon here. It's time to be starting. The sun is already high. No, don't be alarmed. This is not the woman with whom we have our appointment. Here she is. Her name is Lakshmi, and she's the wife of the five sons of the woman you saw a moment ago. This is Chotra, the eldest. No, thank you. I don't want any. It's fresh. I'm not thirsty. Tulsi. Duli. And this is Kuma. Come along now. Hurry and get started. Quickly, Lakshmi. There is nothing exceptional or scandalous about polyandry here. There is a sound economic reason behind it. The necessity of not dividing up the land too much. The heritage of these five brothers is held in common. The wife is a part of it. The children will be the children of all of them. And they will bear the name of their eldest father. That day, Lakshmi and her family took the road to Kathmandu. That is, they didn't take it because in Nepal there aren't any roads. But they know the trails very well that lead to the capital. They go each year to the fair. 
They take two weeks to get there and two weeks for the return trip, walking at a good clip. But for them, it's a vacation. This actually felt like they were attempting to be quite educational for real. Yeah, this one felt not salacious, more like I thought saying archaic way of living was kind of being a fucking dick. But yeah, that's a that's a half back stab, but that's more um, a culturalistic thing. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I will say this. This at least felt more educational. Look at these people. Here's how they have to live their lives. Here's why they live this life. There you go. You learned something today. Congratulations. Well, we see the family gets to the capital, but they camp outside of the capital town just because they can't afford the places inside. Uh, uh, then there's this tower there, and it's to remind all that Buddha can see them no matter where they are. Um, the family, they uh, feed some sacred fish, um, and then they uh, go into these tw- uh, 21 sacred fountains. Each one of them washes away a different sin. Um, That's convenient. Right? Yeah. And then they say the gods are not only in the temples, but they're also in the streets as the mangers that hold in the sacred cows. Um, And again, all of this feels pretty up and up, like you're learning something. Um, Also, considering what we just saw in Mondo Bellardo, this feels extremely gentle and kind. How about what we just saw right before this? (laughs) <laughs> that wedding saying this all seems very kind yeah that's true uh, then the family decides to go to a movie and they're think it's weird to them because it's a western movie because it's all about one woman only wanting one man and that one man only wanting this one woman and for them to be together they find that monogamy to be weird and i'm like yeah they probably would and i'm like well holy shit look at all this everyone's learning shit look at that <laughs> Look at this film, at least attempting at certain points to understand the differences of culture just being that. Differences. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, then they uh, they sell some blankets they made. And then, secretly, the lady's third husband, well, he gets her a special bracelet. Because everything's supposed to be community. Nothing's just from one husband to her. It's supposed to be community. Well, he did it on the down low. Well, then they leave. But when they're leaving... They stop, and the third hu- she tells the third husband to address the group. He does so, and he tells them that he and the wife are going to go back to the city, and they're just going to live together, that they're in love. Well, after a lot of yelling and a lot of, you know, hey, we should beat the shit out of him and all that, the mother, who is tough but kind, uh, says, releases the two, says they can go back, says she won't ever forgive them for this. They'll never get any help from them, and they can never come back home. But to go off and live their lives, they do, and that ends that 20 minutes. Okay, that was a fucking another movie, too, that they just adapted, right? Like, oh, that whole yeah. thing with her marrying the guys and yeah. the, yeah. That yeah. just, it just didn't feel like any documentary footage. Yeah. There's a lot of acting. Yeah. 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 They're clearly, like, doing some kind of dramatic thing that they And I don't even know if it's from. shot. I think this was just shot for this movie. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like maybe, I, I just feel like I just maybe. I feel they, like everyone has a story here. I mean, it's obviously not, re- none of this is real. So I'm not wondering if they didn't shoot this to be like a movie for this. Oh, like, okay, whoever actually did it, the dialogue was dubbed in a language that this film ignored and then just did its own pseudo documentary and told you what was happening. Possibly, I think it sh- could just be shot and dubbed the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh my God, that's really out. No, they. I, I just don't feel like they would spend that much time in to do that level just to make it like this. I feel like yeah. they found they found footage or films from various cultures and various nations 
stripped the audio out because they didn't feel like trying to dub it unless it was in a like the language that they were going to be working with and then just made up whatever fucking story they wanted to and just found it based in these various nations so that they could wrap this somewhat xenophobic yet surprisingly kind and comparatively I mean, culturally okay kind of movie yeah that's completely possible yeah, yeah. No, that's just, it's just like, it feels like that's what they did like they just they just grabbed a bunch of this footage like like all four of these movies i feel are guilty of that but like this one is most egregiously so because i feel like every piece of this film is definitely a movie that they did that too and then just yeah. made up their own story and it's like not even you know not even really an actual story they're just like you know it's not a story of an actual culture or an actual person that they're just using the footage to try and tell they just made the shit up all together i mean that yeah i mean that could be it too yeah I mean, it becomes much more abundantly clear that that's what they're doing later on, too. And like, we're going to get into that. And I feel like once we start describing some of the stories that it goes too further with, um, it becomes even more sort of like, un- like not plausible and seems kind of like someone's impression of how these cultures should be more than what these cultures actually are. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I can see that. Yeah, I just. It would surprise me. How about this? Either fucking way. <laughs> right. Right. Like you're focusing in on whatever you can latch on to, to keep you going throughout the story. And when I was watching this one after Mondo Bellardo, um, and then obviously some of the more tasteless things that were at the beginning of this one, when it started settling into this, like much more kind and, and, you know, actually somewhat informative documentary, I, I was still on guard and I still was not trusting it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I totally, totally see that. And that's why I'm like, wait a minute, this is fucking footage that they're just making shit up about. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you're probably right on that. But holy shit. At least this this part in Nepal was so much better than most of it. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> it was really fucking bad at the beginning. And I thought we were in for a full another Mondo. And we might still be, but at least we have a little part here, which wasn't fucking terrible. Yeah, this one's Mondo adjacent for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we can start at the next 20 minutes here. Um, and in the next 20 minutes here, we are now in Bangkok. And uh, we uh, start out, um, this lady's having all sorts of trouble in love as she gets home from a day's work. And her husband is strung out because he needs his opium. And he's very short with her. Demands the opium now. And she gives it to him. And we get a flashback. This dude used to be a great boxer. But homie had to go ahead and he broke his hand. And he went into the dock, and it was broken so bad he could never fight again. This is totally so they, a fucking drama, and this had to the, be a yeah, movie they stole. Yeah, this is not. Yeah, this is so shot. So then he tried other jobs, and one of them he was working like a construction type job. And the wife came up for lunch, and uh, but he wasn't there. And we see that he started going to opium dens. Then probably couldn't get over the fact that he was no longer big famous boxer dude. And now, um. And now it's just the drugs that help him. He's he's not even working anymore. She does. But then the police start cracking down on opium. And they start burning all they can find. All this stuff. And uh, we see a lot of scenes of peeps going through withdrawals. Because dealers are having to charge more for it. Uh, well, the lady, she talks to a rehab clinic. And they're like, you know, a sanitarium. And they're like, you know, send them here. We can help him. Well, she gets home, the husband freaks out on her about it, and, and he's, I'm waiting for it, I'm waiting for it, and he goes, well, why don't we go here, you can get cured, and he said, fuck you, and he pretty much breaks up with her, and he leaves. Uh, desperate, he takes a job on a port stealing from an old friend of his. That night, they, you know, they steal, everything goes fine, however, when he comes for his payout, 
Uh, it's it's not good. He was supposed to get like three hundred. He's only going to get a hundred. He freaks out, and the group beats him down. Uh, the cops see him uh, beaten down, and they take him away, arresting him. Um, the wife gets told that he's arrested, and then in prison, he's having these nasty withdrawals, but he hides them from the guards, or else he'll be sent to the clinic. And then, in the narrator's, like, horrific tone, just says, and of course he doesn't want that, because drug users don't want to be cured. And you're like, okay, you're kind of a dick, but, alright, whatever. Yeah, that was pretty insensitive and harsh. Yeah. Uh, so then, um... He's released, and his wife meets him, and they go back home, where he, again, starts having a bad fit. Well, she leaves, and comes back with a ton of opium, and said that he'll, she'll have opium every night, because she's going to start selling herself. And that makes him throw the pipe away, and they embrace, and that's the end of that 20 minutes of the, of the film. So, a bit of a happier story there. It's pretty much at this point that you realize you're going to get multiple episodic stories and they are pieces of movies that they recut and repurpose. Like this one is where it becomes severely obvious that that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Whether they're distilling the plot line of the film in English to us so they don't have to dub the movie or Mm -hmm. they're just making their own shit up that sort of fits with the footages we're seeing it. I don't know. Yeah. But they're definitely stealing actual movie clips and yeah. just making up or saying a story over top of it of what might actually be happening on the film instead of dubbing it. That's basically what this documentary is. That is very true. Yeah, <laughs> that is all that is happening. <laughs> this is the most exploitative fucking move I can think of in a long time that we've dealt with. And it's fucking hilarious, actually. Oh, yeah, it's fucking great. Uh <laughs> I'm not even mad at him. Not right now, no. I, 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 especially because this came after Mondo, and I was so strung out from that that this is uh, this is doesn't seem so bad for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of a nice pick me up, and it's weird that it worked out that way. Yeah, right. It just it's a nice little palate cleanser. Don't get me wrong; this could be problematic as well, but it just doesn't seem as problematic. All right, next twenty minutes. Uh, we're now in Malaysia, and um. We see a lady, she's riding uh, on a bike. She has her own monkey. That's kind of cool. They get up, she meets a friend of hers, and they're like, yeah, I have this crop of uh, coconuts for you. So, uh, but they're in the tree, so the monkey climbs up there, grabs some good coconuts, and his name's Leo. And Leo grabs him because he shares shares the coconuts with the young lady. Um, Then we cut to some folks, and they're checking some diamonds out. Some fine diamonds, and a guy wants to buy them, and uh, but it's three hundred thousand dollars, and he goes, "Well, that's a lot of money. I'll think about it." The dude's American. Well, the American dude then he goes back to his hotel, meets with another guy, and it's like a sale, mass sale of watches. Then he's talking to the guy, and the guy's like, "Hey, listen, if you want something, he goes, let me give you some advice because they've known each other for so long." Uh, he has a shoe with a hollow heel, and he goes, "You can put your diamonds in there and bring them back into the country." Without anybody knowing. And the guy's like, I don't know if I want to do that. That seems a little bit too dangerous. I've got a good job. I, I don't want to take that risk. And he goes, I don't get yourself a pretty secretary. Have her do it. They'll never check her. Well, he goes out that night and he even tells the the guy who, you know, the maitre d', I want some company for the night. So he gets a lady with him and he apparently falls in love with this lady that first night. They dance and everything. And he's like, hey, I want to take you away from all this. So he does. He gets her and like he gets her clothes, but he has shoes made for her, just like his, the hollow heel. As the trip goes on, he has those diamonds in a suit, and she sends that suit to be cleaned, and he freaks out. 
accuses her of stealing, roughs her up, roughs up a fucking worker there. Yeah, they at what point some... are we in a, a documentary here? Like, because we're actually yeah, this, watching this actual movie yeah, take place. This documentary's dead. Yeah, it's, it's a movie with a narrator. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a it's a six part movie with a narrator, sort of setting up stories in between. At this point, exactly. Um, then they they find where the suit was being taken for being clean. Had to take a fucking boat. He's able to find the diamonds, and he's fine. And then he's like almost calms down. He's like, okay, well, he was an asshole, uh, but the lady's now gone. Well, he he goes back to the bar where he met her, and she's there with some other guys, and he wants her to come back with him. He's sorry, but she's like, fuck you. And he's like, I have to leave tomorrow. And she goes, well, I'll see you at the airport. Shows at the airport, gives him the shoes that he had made for her, but he she won't go with. He tells her he loves her. He's like, no, please come with me. Uh, this He fucked up, but uh, the plane takes off, and that's the end of that 20 minutes, and that will lead us into the final 20. Okay, so he does take her shoes, though, right? Like, he walks... To- he did take the shoes, yeah. he. I mean, she handed it to him, but I actually think... In this one, he was actually, he, I think he got feelings for her, but then was like, oh, she's pretty. I can use her. And then I think on all the trips, he did fall in love with her, but then his greed got too big. And then after he yelled and got the diamonds back, all of a sudden he realized, oh shit, I'm in love with this lady. Cause why would he go back for her? He had everything he needed and, but he wanted her. So he was in love with her. And his greed got the better of him, and that's supposed to be the moral of the story. Okay, sure. <laughs> fucking, I mean, I, it's as best as I can. Yeah, this, um, this is uh, super fucking exploitative. Like, it's even dropped at this point. Like I said earlier, it's completely dropped any pretense of pretending to be a no, documentary. Yeah, it's full on, fuck it all. Congratulations, you're watching a... Fucking clip show. Standard. It's a fucking yeah, clip it, show. Yeah, watch well, something like from fucking, uh, uh, like, Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> like what we said. It's a Tales from the Crypt episode, only it's it's emotional stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's an anthology movie, yeah. Of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of emotional stories in the lives of women in the Eastern cultures. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. It's <laughs> We can't forget that the film itself is actually a very racist title, so yes, don't get I mean, too charmed is, here, bud. Yeah, everyone just calm down. <laughs> it, it's, it's not that great. <laughs> it's... It just feels it just so much seem better as bad as, because we got down with something even worse. Yeah, but. being juxtaposed against something as horrendous as what was going on with Mondo Bellardo makes this film seem slightly less uh, horrible, but that doesn't mean yeah. that it's still not horrible. Exactly. Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. But anyway, let's go into that final 20. Let's get through. Yes, please. All right. Well, we start the final 20 minutes with our final clip. Not cruise upon the sea of Japan, as you might think at first glance. It is a strange and rather sad ceremony. For you, is the funeral of the pearls. The gentleman you see here is Mikimoto, himself in person, grandson and heir of the inventor of cultivated pearls. And this year also, he has come to restore to the sea the impure pearls which it has given him. These girls are called Ama, but they are not exactly fishers. They should rather be called gleaners. They hunt along the bottom for oysters and select the youngest and most perfect ones. Then they bring them to the surface. And here, according to Mikimoto's method, a foreign body is introduced between the mollusk and its shell. This foreign body will cause to grow there one of those small and precious gems which are called pearls. The oysters must return to rest for three years on the bottom of the sea in order for the process to be completed. Thank you. 
wear those white shirts to frighten sharks and keep them at a distance. What the fuck? Yeah, right? Fucking weird. That's why I included it as the last clip. Alright, so a student there and one of the ladies who captured the, the, the fish, pretty much, right? Um, not fish, oysters. Uh, they fall in love. But he has to now go back to Tokyo, but he tells her, I will write you, you know, all the time. Well, that goes on for a while, but then all of a sudden he stops writing. He hadn't written for like four weeks. Uh, so she goes to Tokyo to find him, and she finds his house, but then his mother's like, hey, I'm the one who told him not to write you. I thought, you know, you wouldn't be a good fiancé for him. But then she's like, but meeting you, I see I was wrong. Go find him. He goes to this cafe slash bar that I don't like. It's too modern for me. Bring him home. So she goes to that place. And he's happy to see her. He's like, oh, my God, it's my fiance. And they're all his friends. are like, oh, my God, we finally get to meet her. And everyone's all happy. And then they go to a sumo match because that's big time important. And they have fun watching that. They even get the winner's autograph, which is a huge honor. Uh, they walk the city. And then that night they get to the business while fireworks are going off. The next day she has to leave. But she says, I'll be back and I'm going to get a job. And once you're done with school, you'll have a job. And then... We're going to get a house and we'll live happily ever after. He says goodbye. Guess what, folks? Roll the credits. Not only did they get the signature from the sumum, they also got a handprint. That's right. A handprint as well. I mean, that's monstrous right there. Yeah, he had a huge fucking hand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. This film, while still racist and xenophobic was yeah. much easier to tolerate than Mondo Bellardo was for sure. Yeah. Or Bellardo or however the fuck you want to pronounce it. Racist as fuck movie one. Yeah, made right. slightly racist but very kind of unnerving titled movie number two seems significantly less troublesome even though the title yeah. itself is very much worrisome. Yes, it's it's the title's bad but I guess the title back then wasn't bad. I, I don't know man. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to gauge the past anymore. And anybody who you could try to hold responsible for this movie or anything about it is probably dead. So, <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better word, they, they got to be right at this point. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's just it's interesting given the time frame that you and I are currently living in, and a lot of these various touchstones, and the way that almost being respectful and caring of others' feelings has become the new rebellion and the new fuck yeah. you. I won't do what you tell me. But the fact that all it really takes is just being gentler and kinder to your fellow human being to be the most outrageous fucking leftist piece of shit to people makes me yeah. smile. I like being nice to people. Oh, you fucking leftist. Oh, all right. <laughs> I treat all human beings with as much dignity and respect as I can until yeah, they. As I would want for myself. Yeah, until they make it impossible to do so. <laughs> I legit treat others as I want to be treated. Leftist. Fucking okay. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I just try to avoid everybody as politely as I can. Yeah, that's even a better way to do it. <laughs> right. Like, I, like, you know, that's, that's, I don't know how else to put it, but I just try to be away from everybody as much as I possibly can. But I'm also extremely polite to everybody whenever I can be, because I found that being yeah. polite is the quickest way to get people away from you. 
Yeah, if you're polite, usually they just leave you alone. They're like, oh, okay, this guy's polite. And then they go about whatever they need to go about, and everyone's done. Plus, I, I know what it's like to live your life in terror of another human being. Yeah. And I know how I look. I look like the problem right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a you white know. dude with a great big fucking beard. I look like the problem. <laughs> you do. Unfortunately, a lot of people who are terrible people have kind of co-opted that look. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, And that's why yeah, I, I'm- I know. I know you're pissed. <laughs> you're pissed about it. <laughs> I had it first, goddammit, and I'm keeping it. Uh, yeah, right? I mean, you did, though. <laughs> Right, but like the the more people show up on the January sixth riding footage that like have like shaved or closely shorn heads and huge beards make me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I do not blame you. Yeah, it's fucking, uh, it's it's bad. <laughs> so when I'm out and about, I do my best to try and you know like if if I can, like obviously I'm masking up still when when I can, but like yeah. I, I say hello to people or, um, you know, try to refer to them as politely as possible when I encounter everyone, because like, mm -hmm. I know that I look like I'm going to be a problem. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Right. But like that, the, God, this fucking, both these documentaries this week for sure have pointed that out to me more than anything is that like, I look like I am going to be a problem. If you catch my drift world. Yeah. I get I it. Mean... I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 hell, I kind of look like a problem now, you know? So it is what it is, man. You can just not be the problem. Maybe you look it, but don't be it. And you're going to be fine. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, within two seconds of being around me, you yeah, know, you tell you're not the problem. Yeah. But like, usually I'm just dressed down in all black with like nothing, no marks on me and my yeah. black mask. And I'm just walking around and yeah, I look like the problem. Yeah, yeah. Then, then you definitely look like a problem, but you're not the problem. So at least you can live in that. Well, the fact that I'm wearing a mask, I think, puts a lot of people at ease. Maybe. Yeah, because there's no mandate here. Yeah, where we are. But if you're doing it, it means you fucking care. Yeah, you know. So. And this is all yeah. much more interesting for me to talk about than either of the documentaries, I guess. Yeah, I mean, for right now. <laughs> no, but what I'm getting at is it's it's pointing out the little privileged bubble that I have lived most of my life in and the misery with which that has floated on top of um, yeah. has never been more apparent to me before as it is now talking about both of these films. Um, it really drove the point home and it made me really kind of examine some uncomfortable things that uh, are part of my cultural history, including yeah. these types of films. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, and the fact that Boris Karloff said a lot of this shit as it was written on the page that um, is just horrific to me. Um, that was a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it's not how you want to start the day. No. <laughs> yeah. But uh, unfortunately, sometimes uh, people who you like, I, I, you know, I don't want to say heroes or nothing, but people whose work you genuinely liked sometimes turn out to be dipshits or do something that could be ethically problematic. What's weird is I know which comics you're actually talking about in both cases, but we're not going to yeah, acknowledge yeah. it, and we're just going to yeah, move yeah, on. We're, not, we're just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Too much happier and more wonderful things. So 1967 is the year that it was dubbed for American Shores for Mondo Bellardo. So we now have the third Bardo. I swear that's the name of the band. I'm huh. five years ahead of my time, 1967, for our break to end this fucking show. Quella dolce musica. Se ti chiedo e supplico, fammi ballare. Metti su quel tango ancora, tango palordo, 
cambiare disco amore vieni a ballare Once again, we are in the freakout pocket for the third Bardos. I'm five years ahead of my time. Yeah. We're looking ahead. Freak we're out, not freak looking behind. Out, freak out. While we're sitting in the pocket of the freakout moment. <laughs> <laughs> that is, of course, for the Pirate Radio edit. If you are listening on the main feed, you are listening to a song that was featured in Mondo Bellardo, and I'm very sorry about that, but it fits with the overall horribleness of what we suffered this week. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, you have to join us in the horribleness sometimes. So, ah. Yeah, those of you that are listening on the Pirate Radio Edit, you are at least getting music that was featured in these horrific times that these films were produced. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about your luck. You know what? I didn't get the fucking notes out to actually close out the fucking show. Oh, wow. Why do you hate everyone? It's not that I hate everyone. It's just that I've been thoroughly distracted and feeling quite not myself tonight, which is probably because of the movies. Yeah, that's that's so, so true. <laughs> If you would like to find the 329 other instances of us both being severely distracted by something that we found unbelievably disturbing because we watched it for this show, those previous 329 instances where that has occurred are available for you at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. That is our main landing or launching page for this show. For the show, at the show, in the show, however you want to do the show. If you just like the memes that we supply for this show, the main ah, meme repository, memes. cinema underscore psyops on Instagram. Yeah, the memes are the best. <laughs> I think that's what mostly people are sticking around for these days yeah. on that page because that also Love gets the memes. <laughs> that also gets shared to our Facebook page, which we'll have followers for, and then the Facebook group, and then I share it there as myself. Sport Psyops, the Facebook group, aptly named for a show named Cinema Psyops, is named Cinema Psyops. That's the group. Yeah. Yeah, that's the group. That's, that's a good group. That's how you name it. That's what Solid you do. Solid group. Yeah. Now, there's also a way to tweet at me, but really, I'm only on Twitter now just to follow porn bots. But I mean, I will respond I mean, eventually. What if, a, what if a porn bot wants to tweet you and they're listening to the show? <laughs> I mean, if that's plausible, uh, first of all, you have to click on all the squares that are actually a car. Yes. But <laughs> so learn that. And trust me, when it gets that one little... What are you doing that's just the one little headlight in the square? Are we fucked? Or, I mean, how are you supposed to pick that? Noise the fuck out of me. I am at court underscore sky up there <laughs> on Twitter, where I am somewhat available as long as you can authenticate, I guess is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. You already know how I'm available on Facebook. I'm also available for email, which is pretty much the only way you're going to get in contact with the show. CinemaPsyopsCourt at gmail.com, at least via email anyway. That's the only way you're going to get any contact from the show. Yeah. And that's why I'm only giving out my name, because that's also that's the right. only way it's you'll ever get any contact out of the show. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, folks, while you're out there feeling the weight and the burden 
of all the discrimination and all of the fucking racism and all of the fucking horrible shit that we have discussed that is still even occurring to this day. Don't forget, it's always going to get better and a change is going to come just like Sam Cooke's going to tell us. So let's play it out. And everybody that's listening to that on the Pirate Radio Edit, you can enjoy that. Everybody else, I'm sorry. You on the main feed, you're getting Mondo Bilardo, but either way, kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your bitch. Colpa della musica, quella dolce musica, se ti chiedo e supplico, fammi ballare, metti su quel tango ancora, tango balordo, non cambiare disco amore, vieni a ballare. Can you hear me? Hello? Hey, can you hear me? I can now. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> and I'm recording. One, two, three. There we go. Do you hear this? Yeah. I sure do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm just trying to organize the music in such a way um, because we're going to have two movies with a little break. And then, yep. All right. We're so doing Mondo first, right? Mondo Bellardo. Yes. First. Yes. And or, um, or, how about this? This is what we had. how we have to do it because that's the order of the clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that was what I said that I wanted to do last week anyway. Yeah. Uh, the other other film uh the original title was i have it listed down here as the movie that shall not be named uh, that's fine as well uh it was also known as mondo which is basically uh-huh. mondo i don't know if there's yeah. any way of phrasing it that's not offensive there isn't <laughs> i mean it's an outdated term but it yeah i just you know like it's it's one of those weird gray areas where i'd rather just not even bother with it yeah yeah it's <laughs> just uh it, maybe but i just uh, yeah i just uh hmm. yeah yeah no i just i can't think of anything that would make me go yeah no this sounds great <laughs> outdated term for asian folks yeah, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've got levels set. Your level's looking good on your recording and everything? Yep. Everything looking good. All right. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Begins with... Uh... God, I have to read some shit. God damn it. I got to read. Sorry. All right. It gets downright fucking unbearable. Oh, it really, you watch this and you are just, I'm sick to my stomach. (laughs) I'm like, just done. I'm tired. I can't do. But, you know, uh, all right. So. Oh, this discrimination is killing me inside. It really is. I'm just, oh, it's it's tiring. (laughs) I'm fucking, I'm tired, man. All this racism and discrimination. Standing on this cold terrain. I met you Our world What a crazy place we dwell in Our world It's a glowy world full of melon A 
Out of this weekend, make it your bitch. All right, we're out. All right. Damn, we nailed that at like right two hours. Nice. Fucking right there. All right, I have stopped recording.